Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Who's that rustling around? Not me, mate. Not me. Uh, that must hey, be Mike. Is that you, Aiden? I've got a couple of bits of paper here. I've actually oh. <laughs> done some stuff. Sorry, carry on, mate. <laughs> Sorry, we can start from back then, there. Yeah. Go for it, mate. Go for it. Uh, good evening. This is Acton Millwall. In fact, I prefer that other start that we just did. You know, <laughs> who the fuck's rustling around? Um, yeah, my name is Aaron Paul. Welcome to Acton Millwall, the real Millwall fan show. Uh, as uh, as we celebrate Millwall's progression into the fourth round of this year's FA Cup, and we look back at um, what a decent sort of Christmas for the Lions, as well as looking ahead to the game at Stoke. Joining me this evening, the daddy himself, Paul Hollywood. He's been booked out by middle-aged women for basically the entire festive season. <laughs> He's doing corporate funerals, mitzvahs, both bar and bat. You name it, it's Nick Hart. Oh, greetings, dear listeners. He does give me a big old bump up, doesn't he? <laughs> no, you do it yourself, Paul. You do it yourself. Uh, we've, got him, we've got him off the treatment table, finally, as well. Our very own Scalac, Mike Hayden's actually turned up this week. Mike, you with us? Yes, good evening, listeners. Yeah. Uh, good. Uh, well, just, just first, I just want to shout out um, Ryan Loftus, someone we'd... Um, we brought in on on a, on a little bit of a, an out of out of window transfer. You know, one of them free agents we wrote. Didn't he? he <laughs> I hear he's um I hear he's going to be buying his trade somewhere else this evening. Money talks, Aaron. The glamour, the international glitz of of, of um, the major league radio stations. It's very hard for us as just a kind of a mere fanzine style podcast to compete with that kind of glitter, isn't it? Really. So yeah, good good luck to Ryan. Good luck to Ryan. Um, give him yeah. hell. Give him hell, mate. Yeah. Good luck, Ryan. I'd just quickly like to put on record my commitment and exclusivity to yeah. the Acton Millwall show. Uh, don't worry, I, next. I think this is the peak of my broadcasting career, so uh, yeah, I, I will stay with you chaps. You, you, he's bad at contract now, Nick. Watch out. That's right, he'll be, got, he'll be gone next week, won't he? Right. Um, let's look back at the third round of the FA Cup. Millwall, of course, took on Newport County Saturday lunchtime. Um, it was I mean, look, it was sort of, it was quiet, wasn't it? It was very quiet at the den. It was, uh, I mean, I'll just before we do these shows, listeners, I'll just send out a few notes just as talking points. And one of the, the, the couple of lines down, I've, I've written to myself, the Lions enter 2020 with a, I'd say a pretty routine win over Newport. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? That, that felt like a, a fairly, you know, we, we never really got out of third gear over a, opponents that once you know would have possibly have caused us problems certainly caused other teams problems in the past so we've kind of cruised into the fourth round of the fa cup and we find ourselves um seventh in the table i'm just looking at the the, the, the league table it's it's a it's a really good position to find ourselves in as the new year dawns it's it's an amazing position to find ourselves in given that when neil harris left us you know we we, we weren't um on on the slide but we were certainly looking behind us rather than 
looking up in in you know in the cup competition and in the league now. It's it's actually quite an achievement. I I I think there's a it's come it's come on us quite quickly and we're getting used to it a little bit. So you know we have to be careful of not taking it too much for granted. But I just think bloody hell, look at us, look where we are. And look what he's achieved in such a short order of time. Certainly, the route revolution has has very much sort of uh, kicked into gear. Of course, um, a three 0 win over Newport County it was sort of a regulation win, wasn't it, Nick? In terms of, you know, they got the job done. They're professional. It, it, they're into the fourth round. Happy days. Yeah, I mean, the, the den was you know half empty. Obviously, two stands were, were closed. I think there was a decent uh, Newport travelling support, and basically it was the west west stand, uh, upper and lower, that, were, that was open for Millwall. So there was a very quiet um, early kickoff. Twelve thirty didn't kick off, you know, didn't help. Um, but it was routine. Um, I, I can't think of a better word for that, Mike. Can you? Yeah, no, no, exactly. I think yeah. Really pretty dominant without, as you say, getting out of third gear. I think there was only a slight wobble in the first 10 minutes of the second half where um, yeah, a few yeah, kind of yeah. straight offensive passes, which, um, to be fair, they probably should have equalised that. I'm not sure how their number nine, forget his name, actually missed. But, um, yeah, no, so, yeah, good performance, as you say, job done, three goals, and um, obviously uh, another fantastic performance from Conor Mahoney as well, which was um, yeah, really promising to see. Yeah, I mean that's the storyline. I think that's is like the gathering, the gathering storm, isn't it, Conor Mahoney? You wonder what what's going to be produced from him in this second half of the season. Clearly, the Rowett Revolution has has had its impact on him. He's clearly a player with with real promise. We we saw little glimpses of it when he first came to the Den. Then he's disappeared and you know gone through whatever issues he's gone through. But I do start to get a sense that this is a player that's going to be very very influential at the club. Um, yeah. We're into January. We we wait to see how the Jed saga, um, you know, how that pans out. But if we do keep Jed and we 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 see the the, the flowering of, of Conor Mahoney, I think we're in for a very very exciting second half of the season. Mm. Uh, yeah, he looks uh, a, looks a real deal to me. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think again, we've probably only seen him play very well in two or three performances. So hopefully. He can keep it up. But I think what he enjoyed about in that Newport game was he, he was the main man. Um, and I'm sure Rowett and um, uh, Rowett had probably said that to him before, go and do the business today, Connor. And he, he was just superb on the ball, you know, many lazy runs. Um, and he was a real pleasure to watch. Um, and also what I liked, which I think he's looking more confident, is um, I didn't expect him to take the penalty. Um, no, no, no one else was taking that ball off him. I've watched him pretty, pretty closely, and I think, yeah, well, I think Rowett's starting to get him going. Um, and let's hope he can sort of carry on. Um, touching on that Jed Wallace point you made, I, I did sort of Google Jed Wallace and Aston Villa, um, and, and it seems though it's gone a little bit more quiet um, over the sort of festive periods. Um, I did read somewhere that apparently. They were more interested in um, Jared Bowen from Hull. Um, but, you know, whether these are all just rumours, but um, uh, quietness uh, for me is, is quite good. So um, keep, keep Jed off the, uh, off the news sites. Yeah, I mean, ja- the January window is, a, is always a curious thing. It seems to be that the action doesn't really kick off until the last last days of the month. And maybe that's what we'll, we'll see with, you know, the, the Jed storyline. Um, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. I just think that it will be a very exciting side if we can somehow keep Jed Wallace on one, one wing and, and the ever-improving Connor on the, on the other, because that's, that's the kind of um, side that, that will get goals. And, you know, I, I also, you mentioned um, the penalty there, Mike, and mm. I think he wanted a goal. He want, you know, that's, that's what you want to see from your forward men. You, you want them to be not self-indulgent, but you want them to be greedy. You want them to be, you know, want goals and get goals. And that's, that's a very, very um, pleasing sign to me uh, in a player that maybe had a few confidence issues earlier on in the season. Just, just to add on the Jeb Wallace situation, I think that what, Millwall fans need to look at is the movement on Jack Grealish. If there's any movement on Grealish anywhere, be it to Spurs, be it to Man United, somewhere like that, I think then and only then, you know, Aston Villa will move for, for Wallace. I think if they can keep Grealish or summer, then I, I can't see them looking to sign him. I really can't see them. They're, they're more interested in signing like a 700th keeper. They've got so many of them literally just scattered around. I don't know what they're doing with them, but hey. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I don't. If, if I were an Aston Villa fan, if 
I were, you know, um, and I'd watched maybe Jack Grealish move on. Uh, you would think he's a he's a prize um, player for a team at the next level from where Aston Villa are at the moment. You know, the, he will be a, a, a desired player. He does seem to have the ingredients to move upwards. Um, would would you be happy with with Jed coming in as a as a you know Grealish out Jed Wallace coming in? I. I, I like Jed, and I think he's really, really improved. And he's certainly, from the Millwall perspective, playing out of his skin. But would that be? Would that feel like a uh, a, 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 a balance, an equivalence, mm. or whatever, you, whatever the expression is? I don't know. I don't know that it would. No, I wouldn't have thought. So. You'd expect them to get a lot of money for Grealish uh, as well. Um, and you know, there's rumours. Well, previous rumours sort of ten million pounds for Jed Wallace. I think if you're a Villa fan, you'd be thinking we're spending a lot more money on on someone who's a bit more higher, uh, yeah, kind of more well known and, and got a bit more pedigree probably than Jed Wallace, who you know is a risky signing potentially. He's not been played in the Premier League before, so. Yeah, no, I mean, as I say, I'm quite happy it's gone. I've got a bit quiet. We need to hang on to him as long as we can. Yeah, no, I'd love nothing more than to, for Jed to um, remain at then, certainly to the end of the season. Then obviously all bets are off when we, we you know, we, we review matters at the at the conclusion of the season. But um, let's let's wait and see. Certainly it does seem to have gone quiet. And even Callum Davidson gave an interview uh, to News at Den where he's, he's talking about Conor Mahoney taking the pressure off of Jed Wallace. Not, you know, I mean, obviously he won't say as a, as a replacement for Jed Wallace, but it's there's a sense that maybe he's not going anywhere. But let's let's hope so. It'd be it'd be wonderful if that's true. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and I, and I think maybe that's what Mahoney's found it difficult. As I mentioned, he was the main man against Newport, and as far as I'm aware, when he played at Birmingham last season, he was also their sort of their main man and their go-to. And I think he flourished on that. And I think he's probably been living in Jed's shadow a bit, uh, and maybe doubting himself a little bit whether he could actually, um, you know, play the same way as Jed or be better than him. But um, clearly, um, I think yeah, the Rowick factor and, and the, the arm around him has, has helped, and uh, we've seen. Um, there, there was one player I wanted to touch on quickly was Jason McCarthy, um, Nick, uh, yep. because because that, that was the first time I've actually seen him play. I know you've seen him a bit at Wickham, uh, Aaron. Um, I'm not one to judge very quickly as that is the first match that I've seen, but um, I mean, uh, I think he was clearly lacking some match fitness. Looked looked pretty average to me. Um, quite a good cross for Bradshaw's goal, but he, he made a few errors, not not really good going forward, not really good going back, being a bit quick to judge, of course. But I don't know what your thoughts were on this performance. I, 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 I don't know how to say this. I don't know how to say it. I don't know if it's right to say this. He's a Neil Harris player. He's not a Gary Rout player. He's not. When I think about, you know, a team that's going to challenge in those sort of mid to upper echelons of the, of the, the, the championship, I don't think of Jason McCarthy. I really don't think of Jason McCarthy. He just seems like a Neil Harris player. You know, one of them sort of like grafters that's just going to dig in and, and, and will give you sort of six and a half, seven out of ten every single week. No no questions asked. There's nothing really spectacular about him. And even as a fullback, I mean, as a fullback, if they sign him to be a, a right back, then that's that's questionable. You know, when you think about players that are Garrett players, you know, your Jeds, et cetera, et cetera, they're players that have got something about them. For me, he's someone who's got a 6.5, 6.57 out of, out of 10 every game. And he's he's going to be one of those players sort of battling down the bottom ends of the championship. What worries me more is the fact that if they have actually purchased him as a fullback, he's not great. He's, he's not great as a fullback. He's not technically gifted enough to be a decent fullback. And I can't see him displacing Cooper and Hutch. That's the thing. You know, especially Jake Cooper, you know, the... the the, the sort of the the playing record he's got I can't I cannot see him displacing them um and and I so I agree with you on on that Mike. I mean there is an element of match fitness yes you know has he had sort of the best the, the best of times at Mill yet no but not good enough at all no I I, I wasn't I'm mean, like Mike um first time I've seen him uh that I don't know him from the past in other clubs so the first time I've actually seen him play at all and he was okay and I, th- I think you're making an interesting point there Aaron because um a Neil Harris player it, 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 there was there was certainly it was, there was there was a so-so-ness to his performance it wasn't it wasn't poor but it wasn't brilliant either um certainly nothing to get you excited I can see him at best sitting on the bench as a you know if, if Marlon gets injured uh, or something of that kind but I, I wouldn't wouldn't see him as a first choice player, and really, if that's your backup, then I'd, I'd, I'd be hoping that we can do better than that. So it didn't it didn't do much for me. Um, 
two other players I just want to mention while we're on on the on the subject of so-so performances, if I may. Um, John Daddy, I thought was um, wishy-washy on Saturday at best, and Skalak, who did better but was not brilliant. Um, these are players, given given the you know no disrespect to Newport, this is the League Two side, I believe. You you would expect international quality players such as Skalak and such as John Daddy to impose themselves on that game and to, to take control. And they, they really didn't. I, I don't think either of them came away from the, the FA Cup performance with any anything outstanding whatsoever. Maybe Skalak by margin was a little bit better, but John Daddy, I, I just don't know where he's going at the moment. Yeah, and I couldn't tweet out after the game, actually, exactly that about Bob Larson. And um, I know you rate him quite highly, Aaron, but um, and I look, you know, we like a trier at Millwall. He certainly tries, but... I was trying to work out what is he actually good at. He missed an absolute sitter, firstly, which is pretty much an open goal. He's not quick. You know, he's not good in the air. I mean, he's not even scored in the league yet. Um, he's you know, an all-rounder, he, Mike. He's an all-rounder. Well, all, shit all-rounder. All-rounder. looks a bit, yeah. I mean, he's not good at anything um, from what I can see. And as, as I say, he tries hard and he's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a pest, I suppose, to defenders. But, as we say, you know, we are now a playoff challenging team. He, he he's not good enough, really. And uh, I think we've seen enough of of him to make that judgment. Yeah, I, I, when I first saw him at the start of the season, I kind of got a sense of what Aaron was talking about. Um, how I thought he had touch, um, movement, um, and that seems to have faded. Point, but I'm not seeing enough from him, and I, I, I wonder again whether he's a Gary Rowlett player, um, whether he's he's going to make any impression. He's not. He didn't make any impression out of that game on Saturday. Uh, and I would have thought that was a big, big chance for him to to really take hold. Um, Skalak puts more effort in. He, he's, he's, he had made one or two tackles on Saturday that impressed me. But um, again, you get a sense there's a better player struggling to get out of him, but it's just not getting out at the moment. I, I don't he, see enough from him. He's just so slow. He is just so, he's a lump, really. As a, <laughs> he just can't seem to move. Um, uh, and that you can't have that as a winger. I mean, I don't know whether he's ever had pace, um, but you know, again, even against Newport, what what he was brought in for really was his assists and uh, and so forth. You know, that season, uh, Brighton got promoted. I mean, I don't know if he was on uh, some sort of Czechoslovakian steroids uh, then, uh, but um, <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he's certainly off it now because it's just you can, we're not. It gets as you said. You would expect these players to actually shine. Um, and, you know, get crosses into the box. He, he barely crossed it. Um, and, I don't know, he, yeah, it's, it's not good enough. But we're going to, if he is on this money that we talked about as well, how are we going to shift him? Um, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, he seems know, happy sitting around, doesn't he? It, it bothers me. Cause, I mean, in, in the profile pieces before, um, you know, New Year and players to watch and all this kind of stuff, you know, Skalak was named as a Czech Republic um, international, wanting to impress. I think the Czechs are in the England group in, in the summertime. So, you know, he wants in on, on some of the action there. So, you know, the stage was set for him to go out and really tear Newport, a, a new one, you know, and you, you expect a player at his level. He's played for Brighton. I don't know if he's played in the Premier League, or, but he's, he's certainly come from a level. And here were opponents that were willing and honest but they were they were limited you know um this should have been his day it should have been john daddy's day it should have been jewish scalax day and yet the players we're talking about are matt smith for for finishing the other old the old pro has been around the block more times than um you know we, we've had hot dinners um conor mahoney who, who we we know about and and, and you know are seeing him develop and uh, Bradshaw, who showed for me with that final finish, that kind of strange um, looping kind of finish over the goalkeeper, that was real quality. You know, I mean, that was that was Euro 2020 level finishing. You know, um, so these these are players that are, if they if they're looking to make a name for themselves, well, that was a massive chance, and it, it seemed to pass them both by. So um, another player I just want to mention while we're talking about the FA Cup, then Billy Mitchell. Um, you know, he's, he's been mentioned and mentioned over the course of the season, youngster coming through the ranks. Um, and it was, you know, his first 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 time I've seen him. I don't know if he's played away from home in the, in the Mill shirt, but certainly first time I've seen him. I was really impressed with him. I thought, you know, his work to be done. He's got a journey ahead of him. But 
you saw the ingredients. I, I thought he, he showed enough there to make you think he's got the X factor. Yeah, I think he was very tidy. I think he clearly was told probably just to do the simple things well. Uh, and that's what you want, you know, when you start your career and build your way in, get the experience playing for the first team. Um, and he certainly did that. You know, as you say, I think it was he 18 or 19. And I think he uh, he's very much, um, you know, a, a kid still. Um, and you can see his probably physicality might not be there yet. But then again, no. you know, you don't necessarily expect that um, uh, coming through the middle youth team. So, um, yeah, I think he's an exciting prospect. And obviously at the club, you know, it's, it's not easy to break into the first team as a youth player. Um, we've let a lot go over the years. So the fact that, you know, he's rated there, Raul's clearly seen him and liked him. You know, hopefully he has, um, you know, a bright future at the moment. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, just to summarise the performance on Saturday, it was it was a strange mixture of hope for the future and fading, mm-hmm. fading kind of um, old, old old hacks in a way, you know, with the uh, <laughs> the, the Scalax and the and and the the Varsons with um, you know very much a, a wave of youth coming through that, that to overtake them. So um, so good anyway, we progressed, and that's that's yeah. all you can want. And a Sheffield United home draw in the in the fourth round, which um, happy with that. I, I think it's going to be a tough game. I, th- I think Sheffield seemed to be fairly set fair in the Premier League. Certainly, survival would have been would have been their um, priority. They seem to have achieved that. That they, they don't seem to be any danger of losing their Premier League status. So I think they'll fancy a cup run themselves. Um, and they're a good, honest, you know, um, old school kind of club in in many respects. And the manager Chris Wilder knows his way around the championship. So I think they'll fancy their chances. And they, I don't think they'll approach the game in quite the same way as the. Um, who did we play on our run to Leicester? Was it Watford and Bournemouth we beat yeah. in the, on the, to Leicester? Both of whom were fairly powder puff. Um, they they had their eyes on relegation and were avoiding it. But I think Sheffield will come to us with with intent, and I, I think it's going to be a good measure of where we stand against the side that will want to go, you know, progress into the fifth round themselves. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. I, th- I think, yeah, they're no mugs, are they? They've just come up, they know the championship, and they're, they're very much the definition of team. You know, there's no uh, big-time Charlies in that team. No. They are just one solid unit, and um, I don't think it's going to be a pretty game, let me put it that way. Um, but I think it's going to be a really, really tough match. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't really fancy us, if I'm honest. Um, I, I just think, as you say, Wilder knows his way around. And um, yeah, I think they did beat us at the den as well when uh, they got promoted, albeit not, not, not too hard on occasions. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tough one. It should yeah. be a good den occasion, though. Three o'clock, Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. kickoff. Sheffield United will bring a decent away following. I'd, I'd expect the ground to be near full um, for a fourth round game against Premier League opposition. Um, you know, w- w- they will fancy their chances as much as we'll fancy our chances against you know Premier League opponents. We, we we've got a great track record at the dead against um, so-called bigger clubs. Um, so as much as you know, they fancy their chances, we'll fancy our chances too. So with the den in you know hopefully rocking mood, then. Um, it's going to be a great occasion. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good game. One to uh, one to save up, I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what um, what happens. It'll be a good good cup tie, really solid cup tie. There are some decent other ones uh, in the uh, in the round. I think Brentford Leicester for me is a standout one. Brentford playing some well, great football one. So Leicester really. Um, let's look at transfers um, and some news that emerged today. Tom Elliott has been uh, uh, released from his contract and he's joined Salford City on a two and a half year deal. Um, yeah. yeah, never really made his mark properly. Uh, properly. No. But, um, no. I mean, I mean you, you know, came from AFC Wimbledon, of course, didn't he? Well, he had a decent record, I think, Aaron, didn't he? He was a decent scorer for yeah. the Dons in, in the lower leagues. Um, I think you've I think you've made the point that we signed the wrong player. Tom Elliott as against is it Lyle Taylor was playing for Wimbledon at the same time. So, you know, <laughs> these are the these are the chances you take. But one thing I will say about Tom Elliott is, you know, he was he had his limitations. We all anyone who saw him play would 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 know that he was not probably um a championship level player. Um that's not his fault. That's that's his limitations um as you know in, in terms of his ability. But he never gave us less than one hundred percent. And I always admired him for his willingness to to um, keep trying and keep trying. I mean, you know, we, we historically like triers at the den, if not the most skillful players, but certainly players that give everything. 
and that was Tom Elliott. And I, I did a little um, clip, and I might play out today's game with, with the the sound part of it. It's the um, the Leeds away fixture when we won four three. Um, Tom Elliott scored the equalising goal that put it back for three each, and then we went on to win it four three. The classic Jed Wallace goal, and he was involved in that move too. So that to me. You know, I'll, I'll always, uh, I'll always have a soft spot for Tom Elliott for that day because it was just a standout day, probably his high point in a Millwall shirt. Um, he gave everything, and I just want to wish him well because I think that's probably the right move for him, right move for the Millwall Football Club. It's not, it's, it's a good signing from Salford's point of view as well. I think he'll do, do okay in League Two. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, he's a physical target man and not much, you know, quality. So I think, yeah, I think League Two or maybe the lower echelons of League One are probably his home now, uh, which is, you know, no shame because he, he did come up out of nowhere. He built his career through the lower leagues, uh, and, you know, making it uh, more at Wimbledon and then joining us. And he, he actually played 57 games, which I thought, well, it seems more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot more. Uh, I thought, yeah, I was, I was surprised um, that it was that many. Um, a mere seven goals, uh, but um, as you say, solid pro. It didn't quite, you know, cut the mustard. But uh, again, there's quite an iconic photo of Ellen Road with his hand over his mouth when he did equalise. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that was a very good memory of him. Great, great day. So well done, well done, Tom. Good luck in Salford, mate, and uh, all the best to you. I think that's probably the best, best. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Achtung, Mailball. Uh, looking at some other deals, not really much going on. Um, one deal I want to highlight is that Nketi has been returned. Uh, well, he's returned to, to Arsenal. They've recalled him. He hasn't been returned by Leeds. No okay. doubt he wanted to, well, the Leeds would have liked to have kept him, but hasn't started a game all season. Has looked very good um, when he's come on, though, Nketiah. But um, it'd be good to see him. It'd be good to see him again, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I- I think um, I love from what I read, Bristol City might well be the front runner because I think they tried to sign him in the summer, but he chose to go to Leeds. So I think they've re- uh, you know expressed an interest. But um, I mean, he'd be a, a sensational signing if, if we can uh, sign him. And um, yeah, a bit harsh because I think uh, I think he's a better player than Patrick Bamford, isn't he? So um, I'm surprised not to see him more yeah feature for Leeds. But um, yeah, it, it, that would be a bit of a coup for us. I think if we, if we do manage him. Yeah, uh, elsewhere, and just a couple more. Well, one will do. Uh, Preston has signed Scott Sinclair, decent enough player, I reckon. Oh, was up in Scotland when he was playing against Celtic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Gary Rowe is playing his cards very close to his chest. And there was an interesting um, line in one of the interviews I saw the other day where you know, obviously, everyone's pressing him for news, and everyone wants the to be the one in the know that gets the first uh, glimpse of any any kind of signings. But he said the uh, the most interesting players are the ones you won't hear about. <laughs> um, and I dare say that's going to take us down to the last uh, last few knockings of the of the of the window. So um, 
it will be interesting. I mean, we, we are a bit of a crossroads in the season. Um, we really can press on from it. I mean, you know, as, at the start of the show, we mentioned the, the cup run, but also the, the standing in the league. So, you know, if Mill's ever going to show ambition, if John Berylson's going to really wants to go for it, well, now's the time. We do have an opportunity. Let's... Whether that includes the likes of Enketia or was it Vidra we were talking about the other day on the other show, yeah. or and others, I don't know. But um, no, no hints out. And all, all these parody accounts and um, Twitter feeds that claim to be having information about this, that, and the other are just laughable. So mm. I think you know, as as the man says, you won't hear about these deals until they're almost completed. So mm. I mean, there, there's one, I, yeah, there's one I mentioned on our WhatsApp group that Miles Hyperlights. I mean, I started calling him Hippopotamus, so I've no idea how to pronounce that. But I'm, Hippolyte, Hippolyte. Hippolyte, yeah. I'm, I'm Hippolyte. Sorry, I mean, I saw a tweet on Twitter from a national newspaper. I, I shan't name because I don't want any association with them, quite frankly. But we all were seeking this Miles Hippolyte to boost their promotion push. So I've never heard of him myself. So, no, I've never heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> in, in my head, no, exactly. Your uncle's Johnson Hippolyte. Was it? I, I, I can't. Uh, I, 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 never I mean... The, the word Hippolyte. How many Hippolytes are there? Well, Johnson, Johnson Hippolyte was the manager of Maidenhead. Was he? Uh, yeah. Your... Yeah, they used to call him Drax. No? I don't know him. Yeah. Don't know him. I well, do know that the Hippolytes are ancient Greek soldiers. I do know that much. So, you know, there's a little bit of educational information. A little snippet right. for, the, for the listeners. The Hippolytes were like warriors in, in ancient Greece. And I've got a fantastic jingle lined up for um, if we do sign Miles Hippolyte, then I've got a jingle in mind for it. But until that happens, I won't produce said jingle. Is it, is, so. it, is, it, is it you saying his name to the tune of Desmond Decker's The Israelites? Ah! Hippolytes. It is, isn't it? I've got, I've got the karaoke tune. I'm going to be doing the whole kind of... I'm going to try you can cut that brown, Nick. You can cut that, cut it my out. Best, cut my it. best Jacob Jamaican accent. I'm going to give it a go. So, but until he's signed, I won't, I won't better play that. Kind of. did, did, you, um, did you read it and think, you know, as, as we'd never heard of him, you know, in my optimistic state, I was thinking, you know, is he an 18 year old central midfielder from Liverpool on loan, uh, who, you know, Jurgen Koff would call the next Steven Gerrard? Um, and then opening the link, uh, a 25 year old winger playing for Yeovil in the conference. Um, I mean, I, I'm unsure how that's going to boost the promotion push. Um, that kind of stuff. Anyway, it's probably crap, isn't it? But, he um, might not do well. He might not do well on field, but he makes a bloody good cup of tea. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. It's, all good. it's got a very Neil Harris quality about it. If that is the big signing of the January window. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's just an offcut of Harris's uh, rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we'll see. We'll see. I, I have never heard of the man, so I can't say anything more on the fact that he's got a great surname. Uh, moving on from the transfer window, uh, let's. Talk about let's talk uh, about the the Bielkowski clause. The Bielkowski clause. It's gonna yeah. be you know one of them things you do in like history. You know, you, <laughs> let's talk about some of the famous meetings that have gone on. You know, the treaties, etc., etc. Let's talk about the Bielkowski clause. Go, go. Let's talk about before. Talk about the Bielkowski. Well, we, we've all been obsessing about Will Bart. Bielkowski leave us in the window and the big money that will be coming in that potentially from other clubs, everyone's going to want our, um, you know, the, the, the big pole in gold, as they called him. Um, and who knew that there was a Bielkowski clause in the in the, in the the contract that um, was cunningly inserted there by the, by, I don't know who would have inserted, maybe Steve Kavanagh would have put this Bielkowski clause in there, that there was a, a date, apparently, unless Ipswich received a bid by January the 7th, was it the other day when the news broke? Um, unless they received a bid, then um, he would stay for the season because the Bielkowski clause meant that that was it. He was on loan to us till the end of the season. Um, no such bid was received, in the, in the words of Neville Chamberlain before the start of the Second World War. And therefore, Bart is a is a Millwall player to the end of the season. And I think that's quite a, quite the reason it's cunning is if all the action does take place towards the end of um, January. By inserting the Bielkowski clause for early on in the month, you know, one week into the into the window, you're probably going to avoid most of the frenetic last-minute action. It's quite clever. I think it's quite fiendish. 
It's almost like mm-hmm. Dr. Evil. I have an image of Steve Cavanaugh, like Dr. Evil, with his little pussy in his hands, you know, in, in, in Calmont Road, in his <laughs> leather chair. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, almost, it's almost not very Millwall. look at him. Same again. <laughs> 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 it's not very Millwall. It's, it's very, no, it's, no, I was surprised. Yeah. When, when you, you know, the fact that you have this kind of January the seventh deadline before, you know, where a bid must have been received, um, is fiendishly clever. So well done to Doctor Evil uh, for coming up with that that Bielkowski clause. I think it's um, no, it's clear. It's you know clearly it's the fact that he's a he's a Mill player now. To the end of the season, we have the return of uh, Frank Fielding as almost certainly backup goalkeeper now. He's come back from injury. Yeah. Luke Steele, I think, has gone back to um, to, to to Nottingham Forest. Um, so Bielkowski with with Frank Fielding on the bench is a suddenly we're decently set up for goalkeepers. So um, I think that's it's great just to get the uncertainty ended as well. It's a bit like Brexit, you know, just want it done. You want bit, get, get Bielkowski done. We did by that cutting clause. Well, well done, well done all, well done all. Who's uh, well done, Doctor Evil? In yeah, well done, Doctor Evil. Um, <laughs> let's look. I can't even. I will never look at him in the same way. Uh, let's look at Jake <laughs> Cooper, a fabulous record. Uh, Nick. Um, I mean, yeah, story on the news at then. Championship games, and it just shows you know longevity. He's 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 one of that sort of breed, that then breed of players that you know he's he's a proper warrior, but he has glimpses of real good quality in there as well. Yeah, one hundred and two championship games successively since twenty seventeen. Um, he's played in every minute. He's not been substituted in those hundred and two uh, consecutive appearances. Um, and I, I, it's interesting to see it written out. I don't know how you if you picked up on it, Mike, but. Uh, increasingly, Jake is getting forward. He's going into yeah. wide positions and and making you know uh, most unusual to see a, a man that 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 height in on the wing. You know, um, and this looks this looks relatively comfortable at times, isn't he? I mean, it's it's fascinating to watch it unfold. There's a, the story in the um, News at Den says that he's uh, the manager's asked him to get further forwards, um, t- a further ten yards higher up than when he's playing in a four at the back. I guess this is one of the benefits of the. Uh, the free man defence. He, he's got license to go forwards when when he when he sees fit. Mm. Yeah, and he, he can actually play a bit um, because you know under Harris, you're, you're so used to him getting the ball and, and essentially you know, hoofing it forward with pace. But actually, yeah, I've noticed him taking his time a lot more and um, bringing the ball into central midfield when you know he's not being pressed and there is space ahead of him to not necessarily just try and hit one of the forwards, but try and make a pass out wide or. Um, to be a little bit more creative and yeah I remember watching that that run of Derby you know I was also thinking what the bloody hell is he doing out there <laughs> uh, but but do you know what I mean the opposition's probably thinking the same thing so um, you know they're so probably what's he doing out there might forget about someone else in in our in our side that's unmarked or something like that so um, yeah I think um, I mean it must be some sort of crazy genius gene that Rowett's got because who in their right mind you know, really would, would kind of tell Cooper to do that? Uh, certainly not me, but um, yeah, no, it's, no. it's good to see him expanding his game. It's in, what's interesting is that I think that, you know, if you'd have said Jake Cooper to me at the start of the season, I'd have said a fairly straight down the line, big central defender with, mm-hmm. you know, um, need, needs, needs heart decent defender. Yeah, heart yeah. throb. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> he at the knees part. Let's make, there's, there's a reason we have there's a reason we have our saying on this podcast and you know what Uche Cooper Uche Cooper Ooh, <laughs> I I <laughs> I mean I'm speaking strictly in footballing terms here but he was a fairly straight down the line central defender um and I suppose if you know Neil Harris would have asked him to do that kind of straight down the line job and his expectations would be that's all you are that's all you're going to be Go and do it. It's simple. Go and do it. And I suppose a little lesson for life is if you push your push your boundaries. We're going to get into the kind of um, the, the 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 inspirational meme zone very shortly. But if you push your boundaries and try these little things, you know, get outside your comfort zone, for want a better way to put it, then who knows what you can do? And who knew that Jake could go wide and 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 look look pretty good at times, you know? So there's a lesson for us all in there, I think. And yeah, interesting that Gary Rowett can spot this in a player. Clearly, as well. are you are you are you quite saying, go west, young man, or are you saying, <laughs> are you giving us some some really I, good advice? I, here? I mean, you I, sound. I, I, 
well, I, I, I'm starting to worry about myself. I watched Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie, the other night, and I'm, I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm that funny age now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you started um, like a hybrid millennial slash generation. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's... Nick's like, going to post a picture of himself now, you know, just like, you know, just a random quote, and it's going to be brilliant. I'll start to develop a, a Freddie Mercury persona, I start calling everyone darling and things, you know. Um, maybe that's <laughs> maybe the new, new, new me in 2020, who knows. Um, but no, well done, Jake Cooper, um, playing further up. And, and as he says here, which I think is where I'm trying to drive at, um, Jake says it's refreshing, it's nice to have new ideas and to improve different areas. So I think that's probably the as we keep calling it, the route revolution, Mike. I think it's just that sense that all the players are having new new vistas opening up to them. They can they can do things they never never had the um, license to do previously. Mm. There you go. Yeah, exactly. And that's um, exactly what you want when a new manager comes in um, to spot these things and you know not not just do another Harris Mark II. Uh, and he's certainly done it. So yeah, yeah. So it's good, very good to see. Achtung. There you go. Um, before we move on and talk about Sturk, can we do the second tier bit, please, Nick? And um, and 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 what's the worst chart in football? Really? Yeah, I, I, this caught my eye today. You know, it's when you're doing your notes and something pops up on on Twitter and this, uh, the second tier podcast. So I never listened to it, actually. I, um, I, one of those things I think I should listen to it, and I, I, I never do. Um, they, they asked what's the worst chant in football, and um, I think we've all got our personal hates when it comes to worst chants. So I'm going to ask each of you, in turn, what your worst chant, the one you hate the most in football. I can, I've got a few other examples here of fairly choices that a lot of people go for. My, the one I hate the most is um, how shit must you be? We're winning away. I, I, I. Whenever you go ahead in on the way day, I just hate that song. Uh, it's just um, I don't know. I, I can't see there what it gives so many. gives there to anyone. Many. What's your what's your your pet hate, Aaron? What's the one you hate? I mean, look, I, I you know I watch a lot of teams, and and so the different variations of LA 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 have to be that's like in there. Yeah, yeah, horrendously bad. Uh, there was there's one it's not quite a chant but one thing that used to really like sort of wind me up and not wind me up just like it used to make me sort of cringe a bit you know one of those ones where you're just sick in your mouth a bit is mm. uh, is at Fulham when when you know not known for their the most vociferous of support you know sort of, they're, they're very uh, they're very um, very a la carte let's just say that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the prawn sandwich but, but, but when a when a substitution takes place at the cottage you know, the, the PA announcer coming on substitution. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Substitution yeah. for, for X, Y, Z, coming off number, what you know, 14, Pierre Emmerich or Bamiyang, and they'll go, who? And I'll be like... That's very very modern football, isn't it? It's, oh, it's it makes me feel sick. It makes me feel ill. And they do it. As a, they're like, who? And it's just like, mate, I'll tell you something, yeah? This geezer <laughs> is on 160 grand a week. <laughs> Do you think he gives a shit about you yeah, in your Burton's flipping coat? <laughs> no, mate, he doesn't care. He does not give. Even when you go down to like League One, they don't care, pal. What no, no. Like, oh, mate, it's horrendous. There's a few more. Okay, Mike, you do it. Mike, Mike, Mike yeah. you sure one, mate? Well, it, it, yeah, it wouldn't be uh, right to not mention the club that has the shittest chance of them all, and that is Crystal Palace Football Club, <laughs> uh, who, the home of the most embarrassing ultras uh, known to, to man. Um, but I mean, I went for their We're the Pride of South London, South London's number one. You know it's true. We're red and blue. And then they go to the chorus of Whoa, whatever it is. I'm not going to kind of sing that out because I'm, I'm blushing myself at the moment. But Whoa. It, 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 Anyone that goes, well, is not the pride of any location. Um, it just shows you what the melting nodules are like. Uh, it yeah, just it just bad. shows you a lack of geographical now. Yeah, somewhere a bit softer than South London, I would think. Some of the sing, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah. At the, re- at the risk of reinforcing my new theatrical personality, I think that word comes from um, Sister Act, doesn't it? Is it would be the Whoopi no, Go- Goldberg uh, musical? Is it one or is it something else? Uh, 
it's it's got like a camp quality to it. Yeah. <laughs> like a like a broad I don't, way. I don't, I don't know what the original song. I don't. Know maybe what listeners, the maybe listeners would tell I mean, us. I, I thought it was sister act, but I could be, you know. Um, you, you know, don't you know. know. Like, again, there's some. There are a lot of grounds and a lot of places I go to where I've been sort of taking it in a lot more. You know, there, there's certain songs that clubs sing where yeah. it literally just blows you away. I mean, look, I know everyone hates him. But Leeds travelling support are very good. When they do, um, when they do march on together, it's good. They do their Kiko Casilla, Pablo Hernandez thing. It's good. It's great. Obviously, Millwall let them all come down to the, brilliant. Abs, mate, bit of Roy Green, inject it into my veins, yeah. And then the Millwall chants, great. Forest when they do Mull of Kintyre, absolutely brilliant, mate. But there's some that okay. Look, like I've got pals at Charlton, yeah. But what the who's the red red robin? I don't I, I don't mind the red red robin so much. I mean, all all those chants that you've mentioned there will go back to a, a, a different time. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Forest uh, Mull of Kintyre dates back to the 70s when they won the uh, successive promotion, then the league championship. Oh, man, when Club. They you know, oh, incredible. You know, it's 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 these these are different clubs, so they're not our clubs. So obviously we are we always want our one to be the one we talk about. But these 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 chants have roots. Same with marching on together and um and the others that you just mentioned. And and, and in fairness, Red Red Robin they play it when the Charlton side comes out. It's got like an old forties fifties oh, swing kind of quality. Yeah, it's, so it has it has um, providence. I think is probably the word I'm searching for. Um, the, the Crystal Palace. Um, thing I know, it's a personal personal thing here, but I don't like Crystal Palace because it's it's invented, it's 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 created out of nothing, and it's even their colours. I mean, they used to be they used to play in a claret and blue. Um, they they changed to Barcelona's kit because they felt it would be, and they used um, the Eagles as Benfica's eagle, and it's all invented. It's 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 this kind of there's no depth to 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 any of it, and, and all these chants <coughs> they come up with now they're, they're lifted from. Uh, musicals and, and the like, and I just find that um, you know laughable. One thing I do hate, and this is off off piste somewhat here, but I do hate, uh, and you see it a lot on TV, pre-match TVs when they 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 use the kind of light show effect, so the stadium yeah, turns oh, into oh, a kind oh, of um like a poor man's um Falaraki disco. Words, isn't it? Two words: Derby fucking county. Yeah, <laughs> no your station, pal. No your station, mate. You're in the championship. Relax, relax. <laughs> But they turn it. It's like it's this major kind of um, Valkyrie kind of event's going to happen, and it's a, as you say, it's a it's a championship not derby versus Bristol. You know, this is not this is not an epoch <laughs> making. It's 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 a it's a it's an average championship level fixture. And I saw Southampton did. I think was it was it United Liverpool were there the other week uh, on the TV. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but they they had the kind of pre match light show, and you think, oh, for crying out loud, you know, it's. It's a football match. You want some atmosphere to build in, but maybe that's the the lesson. You, they don't build you just atmosphere feel naturally. Guys, have yeah. a word with yourselves. Have yeah. a word. I mean, how, so, how do you how do you swear at the opposite, the away fans with a light show going on? I mean, <laughs> uh, Mike, you know, no, no, it's just not right. No, no, Jimmy Savile songs. You know, uh, come exactly. on. <laughs> that's the football I know. <laughs> Is there something wrong with me or not? No, no, no. I mean, look. <laughs> Mike Hayden, he doesn't want to be reminded of IB for 2012, yeah? <laughs> Nick don't want to be reminded of IB for 56, yeah? <laughs> you can remember it. If you can remember it, you weren't there, mate. When the DJ was individually hand-turning the records, you know? It was just like, it was good, mate. It was good. Um, you know, we talk about this and we talk about chance and stuff. There are a lot of clubs in the championship with shambolic atmospheres. And I'm the real yeah. Huddersfield, Blackburn, yeah. Blackburn have got a drum. I don't know where it is. No one knows where the geezer sits, but it just keeps going. Just start... drum, drums yeah. are the, the, the death of modern football. I mean, I, I, it's a, we're going wider on the subject now, but I, I think you're right. I mean, whenever you go away, you're it's pretty flat and pretty dead, and it, it, it is in much of football, sadly. And it, Borough, and it never used to be that. I mean, English football was known for its atmospheres back in the days of terracing, of course. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think a bit of imagination, the, the kind of incorporation of um, uh, safe standing might help get a bit of atmosphere back. And you, and you do 
you do want it. You know, I mean, it's, it's nice to travel away with, with the Lions and obviously be the dominant sound in the stadium. But you do want to hear something from the home fans. And, and how often do you, is it silent? You know, it's just... I, 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 I let it down to safe standing and pucker pies. No one likes pucker pies. They're shit. They're futile. Oh. They are crap. Like, genuinely. You don't get steak in them, mate. It's like, you know, two bits of steak, two tonne of gravy and just some bits of rubber. Yeah, that's all it is. I mean, it's just like, come on, man. What happened in the days of clubs making their own pies? That was good stuff. Good stuff. Nowadays, Absolutely. when I see a pie, I, just, I look down on a club. It all, comes, yeah. it all traces back to the pies, clearly. It's a shame uh, It's a shame Chesterfield dropped out of the league because I went there a few years ago when we played them in League One. Best pie ever. I swear they were homemade, a nice Derbyshire woman out the back, kind of bringing them out fresh. <laughs> no, no, that was that was nice. <laughs> uh, a good time. All yeah. sorts of trouble. Chesterfield yeah. and all sorts of trouble down on the re- <laughs> relegation yeah, yeah. zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a decent, a, a decent little stadium. When we, we went up there a few mm-hmm. years ago, didn't we? Right. And um, yeah. decent stadium, a decent little club. And you know, as you say, Mike, you know, the, the, the whole thing is a is a is a kind of a prim prim little setup there. Mm-hmm. But is, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. I find Portman Road very creepy. I always tell you, Nick, whenever I. <laughs> It's just something about the place that is really creepy. It's like it's got all these narrow little passageways, like, yeah, and they're yeah. all covered in photos and stuff. And you just got like black and white faces just looking at you. It's a very creepy place, Portman Road. Like, Carrow Road is old as well, don't I think it's an East Anglian thing. Better than Portman Road. Carrow Road's just like a bit odd because they're proper high pit, like, for no reason. And the screen moves very creepy. Yeah, that's, that's odd. Portman yeah. Road is actually scary. Yeah, like, it's just like. It's like they're stuck in a tunnel. <laughs> the only reason I was sad about Ipswich getting relegated last year, best pie in football. Best fucking pie in football. Yeah. You, you love your pies, Aaron Paul. Shall we run through the poor chants? Um, various various people oh. on Twitter mentions LA, LA, LA. And I, that, that is awful. That's oh. like um, that's like FIFA-sponsored safe fandom, isn't it? LA, LA, LA. It's like the kind of thing they play before... Um, a generic Champions League game or something, you know, trust, you can you can sing that. It's okay, you know. Trust the Scousers yeah. to have robbed it of a club in like Spain as well. Bill, Paul Paul Cruz, one of the Twitter posters I picked up, it says he hates. Insert your club here. Mills a shithole, for example, could be anywhere. Mills a shithole. I want to go home to the Beach Boys. Um, I, I hate that as well. I don't know where that how that. Ain't that reason. Sloop John B? It's a Sloop John B, yeah, um, which is a, yeah. it's a great song. It's a great song, classic song, um, which has Tell the chorus that. of I want to go home. Um, Tell that to Phil Brown, mate. <laughs> Mills of shit, I want to go home, say Northern fans from places that time forgot, says Paul. Um, I hate this one. Ed Castle says uh, he hates your shit. Ah, to the goalkeeper. Yeah. Which he describes as nonce behaviour, which I think is wrong. Well known fan. It would make sense. It would make sense. Paul Glassborough says clubs that sing blowing bubbles to us, which he, who he describes as strings. Um, a lot of clubs do that. I find that quite odd. They sing West Ham songs at us. Well, particularly away from home, I've noticed it's a it's a northern thing. They must think it's going to enrage you so much that you're going to lose your plot or something. <laughs> you, can, you can understand. Uh, hey, Barry. I'm forever blowing. Look at them. They're fucking angry now, isn't it? Fortune's always hiding. I remember, was it Bradford? When the, the playoff games up at Bradford, someone turned out in a West Ham shirt up there because it's um, claret. I suppose they're in claret and kind of claret with claret and blue. But I, I, it's really odd behaviour. Strings is uh, Paul's description. I think um, yeah, he's right. But I think to finish this one, chaps, we, we've I don't know if we can get some um, consensus on whole cities. You're getting mauled by the Tigers oh, with oh, claw oh, hands. Which is damn poor describes as atrocious. I think that's a good way to settle the issue. You're getting mauled yeah. more by the tigers. That was that was that was horrendous. <laughs> I, I think I'd, I would stop supporting a football club if someone did that. Could you if you go on YouTube and you have a look as well? I'm told that hundreds of people doing it. What is wrong with these people? It's I mean, a whole the whole thing. <laughs> You can you can imagine you can you can imagine there's a lot of single dads there on Access Week. <laughs> Come on, let's do something fun. Let's do something fun. 
mauled by the Tigers. They've had their faces painted. They've been at the Tiger Zone outside. They're having flipping Tony the Tiger Frosties in the morning. You <laughs> name it, they're doing it. They're doing it, you know. Um, but, Nick, uh, just a quick one, because we're going to be moving on to Stoke. Anyone know the origins of Delilah? <laughs> I don't know why. No, um, that that is actually an impressive song. When Stoke, uh, I brought a, uh, back in the two thousands, I think it was. They brought a, a very big away support with them, and I think that's quite an impressive song. Um, so I, it's a Tom, obviously the Tom Jones number, but um, why they they've acquired that, I don't know. Have you you know you know the edited lyrics? Don't you? The, the what? Sorry. She saw me laughing. Ha ha! I put uh-huh. in her hand, and she laughed no more. Oh, I thought I, I felt the knife in my hand. I think no, 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 no. Let's just use another word for Hampton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know where you're going. I didn't know they were saying that. <laughs> what's the what's what's the what's the real word for Hampton? Basically, I put my Hampton in her hand and she laughed no more. No, I didn't know that's what they sung. I didn't know that's, that's what they sung. That, that that that's reduced it in my opinion. I mean, so. you know, I went to the uh, the cup semi final between them and Bolton. I mean, what a glamour tie that was. Yeah. <laughs> Stoke versus Bolton at Wembley. Hell, man! I was waiting oh. for Nat Lofthouse to pop out from somewhere. You know? <laughs> hey, welcome to 1950. But um, it was them. Uh, it was it was it was Stoke singing oh. that version of Delilah and Bolton well, singing uh, "Oh Wanky Wanky Wanderers," and it's just like this is not PG friendly, lads. Uh, no, then, then I'll then I'll revise my opinion of them in that case and say they're a bunch of Jimmy Savile loving um Jimmy's non, non- nonsense. That's more like it. That's more like it. That's the meal we know and love. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to their hospitality very much at the weekend. I'm just looking at the league table. They've just climbed out of the bottom three, haven't they? Mm. I didn't, uh, they've yeah. won a couple recently, haven't they? So they've yeah, they're they're fall from bottom now. Quite an impressive win. At, well, not that Huddersfield doing very well, but to go anywhere and win 5-2 uh, in their last... I don't remember that. Um, but, um, yeah, quite an impressive win. I mean, they've not picked up drastically but they picked up a, a few points here and there um i still think they're a bit of a wounded animal um but i think it's going to be a, a a tough physical game and probably some typically what you would expect from a stoke team um and i think they'll certainly be a lot better than when they came to the den which they were an absolute disgrace um, mm. one of the worst performances i've seen no, no commitment nothing there were nothing um so i expect a lot better performance by them at, at, at home especially but um as you say we're, we're incredible on the road now so uh, we'll probably win four now <laughs> <laughs> that's me signing off well i was just gonna say something far more moderate than that but i like your i like your style mike um no, I mean, I think it's been a long while since I've you can sit down and say, actually, I fancy us to go there and get a result. And that's probably going to be the kiss of death for the result on Saturday now. But um, I, I think we have enough now, so we seem to have enough flexibility in the side to accommodate what the Stoke can throw at us. And I, I fancy us to go there and and get a result. Um, I, I hope I'm not cursing the side and, and not, you know... Um, invoking the gods but um i think we're going to go we're going to go i'm going to predict a one or two nil win um at stoke for the lions i think we'll do it i I think rowett has enough um nous about him to have stoke worked out so i i I think we'll i think we'll prevail there one or two nil i'm buzzing for a 300 mile round trip to what is i reckon will probably end up becoming like a nil nil or something like that (laughs) of course you're working there aren't you on saturday so yeah michael's in my shoot Tune in to Radio 5 um, and hear Aaron's regular updates. And hopefully, yeah, no, well, regular updates from the, the, the generic betting stadium. Betting 6-5, uh, I just couldn't think of the name of it. 5 Arena, the Lego set arena. And if uh, if Millwall Football Club are feeling very generous, they'll give me a, a pre-game interview with, with Gary Rowett. So uh, you'll be able to hear that, but uh, still waiting to hear back from the, the, uh, the well, club. We know they listen to the show, so um, hello. Get on, get on to Aaron. Hello, Millwall. Uh, anyway, yeah, carry on, Nick. So I think that's the that's the Millwall news this week, dear listeners. Um, Done a while, didn't you? Yeah, I think I, I think we've reached the I think we've reached a natural conclusion. So um, all the best to everyone travelling up to um, it's the Bet Three Six Five Stadium, isn't it? What was it? The, the old ground used to be the Victoria Ground. Britannia, Britannia, Britannia building. Uh, all I could think of was the Victoria Ground. I'm going to call it the Victoria Ground. So everyone's travelling up to the Victoria Ground. Um, give it, give it your all on Saturday. Good luck to Aaron for BBC Radio Five Live. Tune in. Yeah. 
Oh, and here is updates. And um, thank you to Mike for for joining us tonight. I think that's yeah. the Millwall news. Do you, do you want to have a go at a, a buy for now, Mike? Go west, young man. You know what my life's been building to this moment. Um, bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.